Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we were talking about reflecting on one year of sheltering and placing and some of mine and Jared's unique experiences and how we perceiving how we perceive things have changing and grown. And Jared, what are we going to talk about this week? So I, I want to talk, and we're going to, hopefully, I don't know who watched that last one, but we're going to keep talking about that because we came to like, to almost like opposite end of the spectrum conclusions from COVID and last year. And I, and I just, I think that's super important because <clears throat> one of the things that we talk about in building a bridge all the time, right, is that two people can go through the same experience and come away with two different conclusions or two different opinions. And both are valid, right? You know, and both are definitely valid for that person, right? It's not like one person's wrong, one person's right. It's just like, oh, this was my prior experience. I came to this conclusion. This is my prior experience. I came to this conclusion. Or this is my current situation. I came to this conclusion in my current situation. You know what I mean? And so I want to talk about how we came to different conclusions, right? I love that. Specifically, I talked last time, but no, okay, I'll go. But like, I'll just say like, so I said on here that, um, you know, I came away from 2020 being like, okay, Jared, work harder, be more focused, dive in, right? And, um, you know, I I was like, you you have to, time is short. You gotta, you gotta go, 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 go. And so now I'm in go, 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 go mode. Um, and it's probably for the first time in a long time. I've been in this mode before. I get on and out of it. <laughs> but it's for the first time in a long time, I have real clarity in, in terms of my vision of where I want to take my business and how I'm fucking like lasered, right? And I can fucking just, I can just act, right? Because I have a plan and I know where I'm going. But what I really wanted to talk about was how you came to the conclusion. And I think, and I touched on it a little bit, you came to the conclusion that you wanted to be more in the present moment because you you were already, you went into 2020 and you were fucking go, 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 go. And so, you know, you, 2020 forced you to kind of slow down. And, and it, it was like, you came, you know, with the opposite, you came away with the opposite conclusion. That's why I really wanted to hear, I want or people to hear you talk about, you know, why you came to that conclusion and, um, and, and, and hear how, I was different, right? Now both are valid. <laughs> yeah. In 2007, I remember having the thought that if I could sleep less, I could get more done. Then I started researching how much sleep we need because I was still operating under that belief that we have to have nine to 10 hours of sleep, which is really what healthy is. And we're supposed to that. And, and I can remember vividly when I was 18 going into my freshman orientation in college. And they were saying that the latest sleep studies say that the average 18 year old needs nine to 10, nine to 11 hours of sleep to be healthy and restorative. And the average, the average freshman gets six to seven and everybody kind of laughed and is basically like saying, okay, so you're, you're going to go through your whole college career exhausted and worn out. Right. And so we don't realize how much belief systems affect us. We just download them in the moment and then we accept it as true. And so here's an authority figure telling us that there's emotion, universal laughter with it. 
it's a really easy way to solidify a belief system. I went through much of college and the years after that feeling that. And I also had a belief system from my family that I, that we had mild insomnia in our family that is hereditary, all this type of stuff. I can remember my mom saying, Oh, you have insomnia. Like I do, like your aunt does, like your grandma does. And I would always, I would often go to bed worked up about if I don't go to sleep and get eight hours, I'm gonna wake up tired. Then I would lie and sleep thinking about bills, thinking about all those types of stuff, you know, as an insomniac supposed to do, of course, getting up and being exhausted. And when 2007 rolled around, I had that thought, I started researching and, and whatnot. I would be reading about Winston Churchill. And I think actually Donald Trump was in there for one of the ones that didn't sleep as much, but all these people who were doing these different sleep things that were able to get a lot done and they slept four to six hours or something like that. So I started thinking, well, if I could sleep a little less, I could get more done. I started working on it, working on it, trim a few minutes away, trim a few minutes away, trim a few minutes away till I got to a point where, you know, five hours and 45 minutes to six hours and 15 minutes was my sweet spot because I had learned then too how to undo this insomnia belief and be able to put myself instantly out super deep sleep, wake up, uh, restored, refreshed. I would carry that as kind of a, as a, as a metric for a lot of times, like how I could outsleep, you know, I could sleep less than anybody else. I could get up work longer because that was what you're supposed to do as an entrepreneur, right? All these types of things. When last year rolled around. So just to, just to tell you, so I've done this too, right? So Really only you need two complete REM cycles per sleeping uh, time. And, and, and you can go in the REM anywhere from between two hours to two hours and 45 minutes when you fall asleep. So there are some people that can get like four and a half hours of sleep and be rested. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the thing is, Jared, what I figured out too, is I think they say eight to nine because most of us go to bed so stressed out, anxious, and overwhelmed that it takes eight to nine hours for us to get three to four hours of good quality sleep. That's it. Yes. 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 Right? You go through those. Cause if you're, if you're on the tail end of that, you know, that three hour thing for a rim cycle, which is 15 minutes long, then three hours rim cycle, 15 minutes, three hours rim cycle, 15 minutes, that's seven and a half hours. And then, you know, you get that, that, that little overlap. Yeah. So that, that's the, we did the same thing so it's it's another one of those things that you have to ask like okay well so what else am i being taught that may not or may, may or not be true right like what i want else the real I, science god damn it uh, i want yeah. to know <laughs> yeah and, and the science is like it's subjective to yes what how we're torturing ourselves every day you know it's inevitably like all of our suffering or I shouldn't say all, the majority of human suffering is selfish, right? It's, it's born out of self-obsession. We become self-obsessed with belief systems that life should be different, that it's unfair, that, you know, we have it the hardest, the worst, everything else like that too, right? And so then because of that, we suffer. We, we, we remove ourselves from the whole and we put ourselves isolated on the island. That's what, so that's ultimately to the the, the detriment of humanity, right? Humans, we're, we're, a social, we're social creatures. We're community creatures. Yeah. We've been able to rise as a species, not because we're the strongest, fastest, smartest, but because we are able to collaborate and work the best together. Which is part of the problem, I think, with this whole last year and all the isolation because we've removed that from us. And so when we suffer, we usually suffer because we've removed ourselves from the whole. 
we think we're the only ones that are struggling with bills to pay. We think we're the only ones that are struggling with uh, unfair this or improper that, or we've had loved ones lost and we've isolated ourselves on that island of, of suffering. And, and in so doing, we create realities that are removed from everybody else. And so the suffering is not really what you're going through. In part, it's really your perception that you're the only one that's going through it. Yes. But right? I, I, I got questions for you too, yeah. right? Like, like I think a hundred percent, but like, do you feel like people on top of that, right? Almost, they kick you off their, their island, right? Like, they're like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like when, you, when you come say you're not alone and say, I am alone, the fuck away from me. You don't know what it's like to be a black man. You don't know what it's like to be yeah. a woman. You don't know what it's like to now even. You don't know what it's like to be a white man in America either. Like, <laughs> Bro, you're on my life. So I, I think I've shared this with you. A few years ago, I I had I put together this, this course called Healing from Loss. And it was something that I had taken from my experiences going through losing loved ones. And it was, it was what I had found to be really simple, easy to work through steps that would help people heal. And then I would ha- I'd have people go through and they would be writing these things saying how it was helpful it was, how they were able to do way more, all this type of stuff, right? So naively I think, oh, wow, I have this thing that's gonna help people ease this pain. I'm gonna go and try to give it to other people. And I'm gonna give for free too. Dude, I have never received professional backlash like I did when I went in there. Because in this is exactly literally almost word for word, I said, whether it is the death of a loved one or the end of a relationship, there is no pain greater than that of loss. I, I've, I've understood that there's some, and then the next part I'm paraphrasing, but basically some simple steps to help you heal from your loss and move forward in life. That first phrase, people were, I mean, I got, was getting hate mail you know, fuck you. How can you compare a relationship to a death? You don't know what this is like. You don't know what that's like. You don't know, et cetera, et cetera. And so people were, and I wasn't comparing, I was saying whether this or that, but what was happening is, is, and this is suffering, right? Emotion is an identity former and suffering the emotional state or the emotional experience that goes with that is probably one of the most intense emotional experiences we'll ever go through. when we start to form identity around suffering, we're absolutely going to protect the island because we have more, we, we've rooted ourselves into it now too. It's not that we're still away trying to get off. Now we've actually put roots down. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. And that's, I think to the point in, you watched the video I put up the other day about my near death thing. That's what I was, the point I was making with validating feelings we're becoming this thing where now there's this movement of validating feelings and absolutely like in many situations, what we feel is valid, but we also need to take that into a greater context. So why are we feeling what we're feeling? And that's, that's the big piece, right? Because we're not talking about these. We're still holding people responsible. Jared, you're making me feel well, Jared, you could put a gun to my head and you could say, Jesse, I, I command you, I command you to feel grief right now. And I don't know, with a gun to my head, I think I might feel scared, terrified, 
a lot of other things. The point being, you can't make me feel that. I am, I am going to be the creator of my emotional experiences. Can you influence? Absolutely. And this is what's really important with this is we're, we're right now going around blaming each other for making me feel this way. And then also holding each other hostage for our emotional experiences. Now, can you, can you definitely be a contributor to it? Absolutely. But that contribution is made possible because of belief systems I'm holding hostage. Belief systems that I'm not enough, I'm not loved, I'm not this, I'm not that, I don't belong, whatever that is, right? And now I just happen to have language that can reinforce those belief systems and make you the bad guy. In which now we're playing that right versus wrong dynamic, right? Why would I ever want to give that up? Why would I want to get on my island? Because I could be over here and I can be right all the time. Mm-hmm. Going over there is scary. I could be wrong. People don't agree with me. Over here, it's, 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 why, you know, it's why people who smoke, they're friends with smokers. You have five people who smoke and one tries to quit. You think they're, the group's going to keep them in the group? No, they'll ostracize them. You know, we were talking beforehand about bodybuilding. Yes. And, and you know, that's, a, that's a click amongst the click too. And you get out of that, you're, you're ostracized because then you're not, you're not speaking the language. You're not doing the thing. You're not going to the whole pieces of it. It's just, it's, it's all these things. And it's not because people are necessarily bad people or anything like that. It's just because it's how we formed identity. It's what we do to belong. And we need to surround ourselves with like-minded people who will reinforce what we're already thinking and feeling about ourselves yes. to our betterment or to our detriment. And unfortunately, I think most of the time, the way we often approach things it might be to short-term perceived betterment. I feel right, empowered in the moment, but it will also sometimes be to long-term detriment. Now I've lost myself. I'm not even sure who I am in this whole process. Well, well, you, I think what it is, is, is a lot of times when we look for a social group or something like, you know, a friend group, unless, unless you're like talking about people doing a mastermind or like when you invited me to the, um, uh, to the what was Toastmasters. it called? Toastmasters, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or you know, what I mean, a, a sales group or something like that. Unless you're getting yourself involved in one of those, a lot of times when we find we socialize with people almost over our flaws, right? Or almost over our fucking inadequacies, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of times we do. Like, so, like, you know, a lot of people, my drinking buddies, right? And there are also my eat bad food buddies, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't want to play basketball with the guy who's fucking, you know, the, the best player in the gym. We play with my buddies where, you know, I'm like a middle of the pack, good player. Right. So I'm like, you know, I don't have to work on my game. Right. Every, almost everything we do in social, when we socialize, you know, and, and that's part of it's good. Right. Because you want to, you, it's very hard to operate with somebody like, like there's three levels above you at anything. Right. But like one or two levels above you, it's easy. It's it's a challenge, but it's fun. And it's enjoyable. But then we get stuck, like you said, right? And so then we've caught up, and that person's not excelling. And so then you have to, you have to, you have to grow, or you have to bring new people in that are two steps above and in the circle. You know what I'm saying? And and I, I think uh, it does. It definitely becomes a trap, and we want to feel good. And you know, even in teaching health and fitness, can you see me? Is my yep. lighting? yeah you got you got the you're bathing in the sunlight right now look hopefully hopefully it doesn't look too bad but anyway 
because it's like on my screen too. And so it's like, I can't really see myself. I can't see <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, you know, we, 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 uh, we get caught up in that comfortable place, right? Or we sit, we're seeking comfort, which keeps us trapped in a place of not doing better. And a lot of times I would say people, the worst thing is that as people do worse, like the thing that people pile on really well and, and, and as far as their social circles are concerned to me is when they do worse, right? Mm-hmm. If, someone, if someone's developing like a bad or negative addiction, right? Like they start to hang with lower and lower and lower really quickly, really, yeah. really, really, really quickly. We isolate ourselves really quickly and, 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 it's, and it's easy to, I think it's easier to spiral down than it is to climb up. And, um, and, and I think that has to do with that whole, that island and I'm all alone here and blah, 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 blah. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe you could, maybe we could figure out why that is that people, cause I feel like people associate and hold on to misery harder right then they associate to success and hold on to joy yeah there's a there's the idea of the law of familiarity right so we're going to magnetically gravitate to or magnetically attract or gravitate towards what's familiar and probably the easiest example of that is so imagine imagine when you're a little kid and you're three four five years old right and you're growing up in a home with two parents, two people who are flawed human beings, just like the rest of us. And they're going through a stressful time, just like many of us have gone through. They're trying to sort things out. They don't have a very good understanding of their emotions, their mindset, all these things. They think that the other person's making them feel what they're feeling, all these types of stuff, right? So they're upset. They're angry. They're yelling. They're, they're arguing as people do, right? And at your three, four, five-year-old little self, starts crying, gets upset, starts crying. And all of a sudden the parents stop, they come run over and they comfort you. And all of a sudden you, in your, your limited vocabulary, your limited psychology, you have a acute awareness that when you were an infant and you cried, they would come comfort you too. Right now, all of a sudden what happens is now, so then once they get you calmed down, they go back and things seem okay. And people are nice. Well, a couple of weeks later, they're arguing again, going at it again. You start to get upset again because it's, you're scared, you're worried, whatever it is. They stop and they come and comfort you. Now all of a sudden you're starting to realize there's a pattern going on here, right? Wow, if I, if I do this and they do that, I get comfort from this. Well, this keeps going on, keeps going on. Next time you do it, they don't come and comfort you. Wait, what's happened? You think you did something wrong. You're broken. You're not good enough. You're not deserving of love. Well, no, what really happened is they've gotten used to it. So you have to escalate it. So now where you would normally just cry, now you break something or you hit something or you throw something. All of a sudden they stop and they come and comfort you. Right? So now we are patterning in this behavior that if I do this, then I'm going to get what I really want. So you think about most of the adults in our life and how we do these behaviors, right? Why are we doing it? Why do we spiral so easy? We spiral because it's so familiar too. It's a place that we're comfortable for. It's just, you know, as we grow up, we're supposed to learn better ways. 
well, is that really true? I, I would argue not. Like it, it's, it's easy for us to condemn people who do drugs and alcohol as addicts. Yet we won't hold the same, we won't hold the same lens onto ourselves when we use emotion, psychology, our food, or anything else as a way to allow ourselves to spiral. Right? We have a, we have an obesity rate in this country of almost sixty percent. Sixty freaking percent. You're telling me that there's not some major emotional problems that are going on and being triggered and spirals yeah. happening there? Yes. Absolutely. We have, bro. We live in a country where one in two adults, one in two are going to be on some sort of antidepressant, anti-anxiety medicine at some point in their life. You're telling me there's not some spiraling going on there? Yes. Yet we'll call this behavior over here bad, wrong, unacceptable. And then over here, oh, no, 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 no. This is just, this is just medicating. This is, this is because I'm so broken. Well, they're probably medicating because they're so broken too. And that's not saying any of the behaviors are wrong. It's just acknowledging that there's always a reason we do behaviors and usually those reasons we do behaviors is because once upon a time we learned that that was the most resourceful thing we could do to meet our needs yes it's just at some point it went from tears and and vocalization to food or to a needle or to a bottle because the tears and the vocalization stopped being effective for the people we were trying to use it on to get the love and comfort from And this is like, it makes me want to cry too, because it's like, this is like the opportunity of society. And this is our curse. It's like, we've gotten so good at just being really friggin' rude and cruel to each other and assigning each other labels. And, you know, we, we like to say we're, we're, we're woke or we're evolved on all these types of things. We've just come up with more clever ways to label one another. Versus just acknowledging that dude, we can be grown ass men or whatever, but we're still just wounded children sitting here talking, trying to figure shit out. I, I heard, I heard, uh, you know, someone say the only constant in life is human suffering, um, <laughs> right? And 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 is you could recognize that we do all have that sense of suffering. We all have that, yeah. you know, and it's like, and not sit on that island. And point at the other person on the other island and say, you know, you you caused this. You're, you you caused that wave that splashed on my island and wiped out my sandcastle. <laughs> it helps because then we don't have to look at ourselves that we're the ones that set our boat adrift and let it go. Yes. 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 I focus on the sandcastle versus the boat. <laughs> you're, you're responsible for the boat and then I you're responsible for the sandcastle which means I don't have to take responsibility for my own boat uh-huh 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 and and, and, and you know sandcastle wasn't a permanent fixture in the first place <laughs> <laughs> oh it's like you know like when you, your kid, brother, or sister, you messed up my sandcastle. We're leaving in 15 minutes. <laughs> well, and it's like, you know, and it, it's it's like if we think and we break down to all those sandcastle mix-ups anyways, right? If we were to willing to let go of all of our, our judgments, our insecurities, our fears, our labeling, 
our finger pointing, our categorizing, all those things. And we just looked at human being, human being. You'd see two kids trying to figure out their needs, get their needs met. Both are jockeying for significance. Here's this cool sandcastle I built. Look at how important I am. Please acknowledge and love me. Ooh, watch me come over and destroy this sandcastle. Look how important I am now. I hold that power over you, right? <laughs> and and now we just we've learned how to do it in other ways. You know, it, you, you could say that like acts of violence are cries for significance. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. From your guy in the massage parlor, right? In a, in a, in Atlanta. To 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 this guy in fucking what was it Boulder, Colorado? Yeah. Who walked into the supermarket and you know shot up all those people? If, uh, if we still call people like that monsters, we're not going to learn and actually change things. Oh. You know, and I think I think that's it. Like we we want to go instantly to gun control, and I'm not saying that there should or shouldn't be. What I'm saying is, is, is if we keep going to monsters or racists or terrorists or all these other things we do, we're not seeing the human problem with this. That this isn't a monster problem, a terrorist problem, problem or a racist problem. This is a human problem. It's a human problem how, how we, we treat each other, how we're not getting our needs met over a certain amount of time. And then we've also just made these things called weapons that makes it really conveniently for, convenient and easy for someone to lash out when they've they've had a bad day or they're having enough is enough for them, whatever that is. Man, I I tell you, I don't know I don't know if we got exactly how we came to different conclusions from from 2020 and COVID, but I tell you what, man, we get I think we get really close to this, you know, uh, enhancing and uh, the, the the collective consciousness of humanity. With these guys, <laughs> you know, I think we get really, really, really close. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think it's 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 because of the space we hold for each other. You know, Jared, you make me feel safe, loved, seen, heard, understood, and that I matter. And because you hold that space for me, I feel safe having this conversation with you. And because the group holds this space for us. We feel safe having these conversations in the group. So I think it's it's an opportunity for us to look at is sometimes these, these bigger conversations, they come down to matters of safety. We for us to raise consciousness, we have to allow others to feel safe enough to be able to, you know, stumble and trip through their words. It's like a lot of times people, you, you, everybody listening to us, they'll hear us kind of kind of long-windedly form our thoughts because we're not quite sure. We're not professional debaters or orators or anything like that. So we're, we're going through this human piece, bringing sentences together to try to get our word out and get our, get our point out. And sometimes it comes out clearly and sometimes it's kind of a mess, but we can do that because we hold space for each other and the group holds space for us. The challenge is, is most of us don't extend that to other, you know, where we get our news is, is 15, 20 second sound bites that are just clips edited and then we take that and we see, oh, here's this precise point. Well, it's a lot of editing and, and work behind the screens, whatever it is. We're not giving people that place of safety to be able to work their points out because we start judging right away. We start condemning right away. We start evaluating right away. Are they like me? Or are they not like me? Friend or enemy? Racist or you know, whatever it is, you know, bad guy, good guy, right, wrong, all those types of things. And 
I, in my opinion, like one of the greatest opportunities of humanity, like where we really not only raise collective consciousness, but we, we, we evolve to that place is this, it's a matter of safety and not a safety from guns or bullets or anything like that. Like that's important. It's a safety from the labeling we affix to one another, a safety to be able to allow ourselves to, to communicate. It's, it's, it's being able to, you know, I think we all need that cry. We never lose it, right? We all need that cry that we did when we were a kid or a child and we looked for attention and, you know, where we needed someone to come help us, right? Or to notice yeah. us so that we could, you know, then say, hey, I need some help. We need the space to be able to cry out, right? And, and, and then have people, whether they agree with us as adults or not, be able to hear it and communicate with us. Yes. About, right? And, and, and nowadays, what you see is people crying out, right? And then the attention is shut up, smack the face, right? Then they break something, and the attention is, oh, they're break you, right? And that's happening on on both sides, right? It's happening on on uh, it's 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 like that is that there's you're right. There's no there's no space to listen to and hear, you know, the valid reasons why this person is crying out, right? Yeah. You know, everybody treats almost all the tears and cries on both sides like you're just crying wolf. And, and that's not the case. That's not the case. Yeah. And I think, that's the, I think the key is, like, even though we sometimes, like you said in your post, uh, we believe the lies that our emotions tell us, right? We believe we fall into that trap or we, we start to validate our emotions and treat them as facts, right? Yeah. Even when we, even still, right? Adults, when they're crying out, they are believing what they're crying out about. Does that, does that make any kind of sense? It is. Yes. There's, there's validity there on every side. And if you can't talk to the person and figure out what lies they're believing on both sides, right? Figure out what feelings they're turning into facts on both sides, right? Then we can't we can't communicate effectively, and I think I think that's I think that's what it is. Like that's why we that's that's breaking it down step by step. Why this group is people feel so safe and comfortable in the group, and why me and you have such good conversations, is because we both understand that our cries are valid, but we both also understand that we may have some underlying beliefs <laughs> behind our cries. That Absolutely. Are not <laughs> and that's that's the thing too is if you strip away all the labels that we do black white republican democrat racist um anarchist fascist etc 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 and you get down to the core you and i are just two wounded children going through life and most of our wounds stem from the same thing of trying to get our needs met each of us knows what it's like to hit an emotional breaking point and until we stop labeling each other as a monster and start acknowledging the monster in us it is going to be really difficult for us to collectively heal because now we're looking at someone who doesn't, who's not similar to us. We've, we've done a really good job of disguising 
what really needs to be addressed with all the language. You know, now it's even, gosh, Jared, hey, well, yeah, I get you're trying to say something to me, but you might want to change your words because you're not saying it in a very PC way or anything like that, right? It's me judging you because you're not using language that I can understand or resonate with. And I get to in- invalidate whatever you said that I disagreed with. Absolutely. That statement, right? And I want to be clear too, I'm saying this as a practitioner of these behaviors. I catch myself doing this every single day. <laughs> you know, it's not like oh, I, I just oh, I'm, I I operate outside. Not at all. Like my daily work is is trying to be better about this. Like catching myself judging and being oh gosh, you know, like I, I, I or just becoming aware of it. Like boy, I just judged. There's somebody the other day, like just <laughs> I I didn't like how they parked their car. Didn't like how they parked their car. Oh my god, Jared. Before I even was aware of a breath, I probably had them labeled as this political party and this kind of <laughs> and this kind of this and this kind of that, just because I didn't like how they parked their car. <laughs> okay, I, I got I gotta go, but I'm just gonna say this: you just provided, you just keyed on on something for me that I didn't even think about it. Like people are mapping behaviors to political parties now. Like yeah. I never I never saw that before, and. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm like, I'm like review, as you said that I'm like reviewing conversations with my, that I've had with my dad or I'm just saying my dad. Cause he's the only person cause I live in Arizona and they're all Republican. Everybody's almost everybody I know is Republican. And he's like, Oh, they must be a Trump supporter. Like I'll be talking to him about something like they must be a Trump supporter. I'm like, wow. And now I'm talking to some, some of my friends and people here. They're like, Oh, they must be a Democrat. And I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like listening to them talk. And I'm like, where do you gather? I was like, not, not really. I was like, I don't even know what political party people do it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't. I, never Bro, I like had some, yeah, friend the other day. Oh, this, this, this freaking Trump supporter, blah, blah, blah. And like, how'd you know they're a Trump supporter? Oh, they were driving a big truck. And then literally two, three weeks after that, oh, this freaking liberal, blah, blah, blah. Well, how'd you know they're liberal? Oh, they're driving a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> crazy man yeah it's crazy and you just fucking mapped it just like that like you and it's like we're and like people are just like that action that person that action and people are fucking building those pathways in their brain and it's like that's dangerous man yeah it's dangerous scary scary you can yeah completely negating any of the other things like the person driving the prius like how how incredible is it that we could assume all these things that they care about the environment that they want to do this working remissions that the person for the truck maybe it was something they'd save for they they had a really positive memory of like grandpa owning a big truck who knows what it is but we go to the thing you know all that stuff he helps build homes he helps people (laughs) yeah yeah but you're gonna classify you know it's it's just yeah Dude, I'm going to go work out in a couple hours and you better believe it when I'm in there. Judging, 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 judging. Oh, I didn't put the weights away right. Oh, a person's not wearing their mask. Away. You know, listen here. You don't put weights away. I got issues. Yeah. <laughs> I'm judging. I'm judging yeah. all day. You're yeah, selfish. Sorry, oh. son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll go over there and I'll pick them up in front of them, move them and put them back and then move the other ones. And then I do it really loud at the end just to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is too they're probably not even thinking about it. they're not sitting there thinking oh i'm gonna put these weights away the wrong way to piss that guy off 
there's no. probably, oh, I'm tired. I need to move on. I'm not even paying attention. Think about something else. Gosh, I'm really worried about my grandma. I'm sick right now. You know, all those types of things. But me, I'm making it all about me. Oh, they're just they're pissing me off right now. I got to go and lay down the Lord's justice. <laughs> Oh man, that's just so funny. I got, I got. Oh, we gotta, we gotta get off. We gotta get off. I gotta, get, I gotta go. I'm be, I'm All right, man. And uh, good stuff today, man. We'll see y'all. Uh, comments, questions, put them in there. We'll, we, we'd love to hear from you all.